0: Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener, this is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12-month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021, and you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Mahomes has the time, delivers perfectly downfield, touchdown. Patrick Mahomes with a rope, This one. Adams touchdown. This time, going deep for Beckham Jr. Good
2: Hello, everyone, welcome back to RotoViz Overtime on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. As always, I'm joined by one of the co owners at RotoViz. It is Sean Siegel, my co host here now, as we start off episode 199, closing in on those 200 shows that we've been teasing over the last couple of weeks here. On the podcast, but Sean, it is uh, the week after NFL draft week, and of course, as a Packers fan, it's been a (laughs) it's been a turbulent couple of days uh, with the Aaron Rodgers situation, everything that's going on there. I think overall, pretty strong draft by the Packers, but we'll see what happens over the next uh, couple of weeks into the kind of next six months to see what filters out at the quarterback position. But always an exciting time, Sean. It did feel to me like some of the landing spots didn't really probably fit with their optimum uh positions that we would liked some of these players to to land in but uh, overall what was your thoughts on the draft
1: yeah the nfl draft is always a blast it was so much fun tracking where the different guys were going we did put out a lot of content uh on thursday night friday night on saturday during the day i was going through as the picks were coming off the board and updating uh, my live three round rookie draft projection putting a bunch more of our advanced research in there in the article for those guys so it just it was a blast it was a whirlwind and getting just very excited for these rookie drafts that are upcoming now i have one that i've been in that is almost complete so i have some feedback from that there but we're going to go through my piece today Kind of talk about the different players, where they have ended up, where what we think the value is now, uh, frustrations that we had, excitement that we experienced, and sort of look at where players we think are going to go in rookie drafts, how you can exploit that, how you can win your rookie draft, and then on Thursday we'll talk a little bit more about some specific rookie draft strategies to make sure that you get the total, the most possible value out of your draft. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, these two shows, I think, are some of the ones I look forward to most each year because we get to talk about you know what's happened in the draft. We get to talk about what we want to do in rookie drafts. And the fact that this sort of corresponds with or coincides with uh, shows 199 and 200 just makes it even more fun. We're going to be announcing some winners on Thursday of the contest we've been having, column, And uh, it, it's just, there's just been a real outpouring of enthusiasm through the reviews gotten a lot of nice messages had a chance to interact personally uh, with some listeners and this has been a lot of fun so again we're doing the contest asking for five-star ratings and reviews on your podcast app if you uh, take the sort of next step of promoting a little bit on social media noting that uh, that will help you a little bit but Colin we're giving away two Rudovitz rookie guides and volume three uh, is already out. We had our big rankings summit on Saturday night, just after the draft completed. We had uh, really five or six hours of uh, sitting around talking about where we rank these guys now. You know how readers could beat their drafts. You know three different versions of rookie mocks, and this is always just an experience that you know you can't have except right after the NFL draft. So uh, Curtis Patrick, Dave Cabin, Travis May, uh, Blair Andrews, and I uh, getting together, chatting about the rookies, putting all of our rankings in there, doing these mock drafts. Obviously, there's great work from the guys uh, from the other volumes in there as well. We're going to give away two of those. We're going to give away two three-month subscriptions to the site. And then we're also going to have one winner who comes on the show and uh, gets to ask us questions we get to ask uh, him or her questions and that should be a lot of fun as well i think that uh not only will be a a lot of fun for that person and us but i think that the listeners will really enjoy too kind of getting that listener uh, experience and vibe on the show so you've got a couple more days for that and that we're really looking forward to announcing these winners. We've had so many great responses uh, that it's been a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. It's always great to hear from the listeners and you teased it already. We're going to have uh, quite an interesting uh, conversation on Thursday's show regarding uh, rookie um, kind of draft position like we are today, but very um, detailed questions sent in by one of our listeners that we will be diving into on Thursday's show. So when we get into your piece, Sean, you mentioned and you mentioned you have a couple of drafts that are Nearing completion, I have one uh, at the moment that's uh, in the mid fourth round, so getting there as well in that one. And um, so we have, uh, you know, got aboard and got some of those uh, early drafts happening um, straight away. Pretty much my one uh, started on on uh, Sunday afternoon. Pretty much as as soon as was uh, humanly possible after that draft ended. And um, so we'll be talking through these. But I I, I would be remiss to, if I if I didn't say that I had a, a sneak peek through these as I was uh, going through the draft as well to see what value is still there on the board. Can't miss out uh, from reading Mr. Siegel's work uh, to try and gain that a little bit of a an edge. When we look at uh, this is pretty much set up for super flex and tight end premium, a lot of the stuff we do, talk about on the show is is fitting those. We do try and and that's one of the things that has come in in a lot of the reviews is trying to balance the different formats and talk about them in different ways and that's something that we do try and do on the show here as much as possible. So pretty much um, the the league here is going to be super flex format so if it is a 1QB league you're in basically you're just going to filter it uh, to drop those quarterbacks down a little bit in these rankings but 101 no surprises it was Trevor Lawrence there was no surprise with the NFL draft in terms of pick 101 it was trevor lawrence i think this one sean we've, we've talked through it uh, kind of generational uh, prospect uh, 101 is the decision here i don't think there's much more that can go into it uh, is there anything to add on lawrence or, or are we jumping to 102 uh,
1: no i don't think there's a lot to add it is interesting i think uh, one of the things i have seen is that this quarterback element with the super flex if you're loaded up at the quarterback position there are a lot of other exciting guys in this draft And so you could pass on the QB, see if he falls to you a little bit later. And one of the startup strategies that some owners use and can use very effectively is just consistently trade down throughout the startup. Trade down, trade down, trade down. So if you're in year two or year three and you have five or six rookie picks, then you can really use the volume of picks you have to sort of manipulate the order. And so maybe Lawrence wouldn't be the guy there. You might have a chance to trade down or you might not need to If the main thing that you're trying to do is get one of these other guys and then see which quarterbacks fall to you. But yeah, Lawrence, number one, I think it gets controversial or gets interesting at the one Oh two here. We have Kyle Pitts who's drafted number four. Overall, we have Jamar chase who is this generational prospect at wide receiver. And then we have Najee Harris who is at running back the position that fantasy owners tend to feel like they have to grab early and he comes in with the size, with the athleticism, with the receiving ability. And then he goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers where, you know, they have some other guys there. But frankly, we know that they have every single running back touch that he can handle is available there in Pittsburgh. And so they're going to load him up with everything he can possibly do. He may be one of the highest volume backs in the NFL right off the bat. So then the question becomes... Well, how good is this situation in Pittsburgh? Because this isn't quite the same offense that Le'Veon Bell was a superstar in. It's not even the same offense that James Conner became uh, sort of a 15 minutes of fame type of runner <laughs> a couple of years in. This is now an offense where Ben Roethlisberger is breaking down. It's an offense where the offensive line really struggles to run block. How efficient can Harris be? how much frustration will that cause fantasy owners you know will he lose value if he's constantly just running into the line and going down but I think based on his landing spot based on the talents that he brings to the table he is going to be the 102 in most formats was this the case in your drafts do you think this is where he's going to go
2: yeah, he he did go at the one o two, and that and I know just talking to the the guys who are making those selections at the top end of the draft there was consideration. Like you mentioned with the quarterback situation, if you you know if you're if you're stacked at the quarterbacks and you can't move back, do you go for that next option that is going to benefit your team most this year? So, I I think in terms of opportunities straight away, workload that's available, uh, and the competition around it, I think he's the one that is going to come in here from day one and have. At the biggest immediate workload. Um, the other two that you mentioned, in Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase, are both players that I would rather have than Harris in the long run. But when I when I look at both of those, and it's gonna be interesting to see what Atlanta does over the next couple of months uh, with Julio Jones. Do they move him on after, uh, I believe it's uh, the June deadline, You know where they, they can move him on in terms of the, the cap ramifications that it would have? That'll obviously open up a lot for Pitts, but if he's there, um, how much is there to go around? I think the real winner of this pick was uh, Matt Ryan. We had talked about it in a couple of shows, and I know uh, we had talked about you know getting him as a later quarterback um, in, in your drafts, and I think he's the big winner at this point. Jamar Chase as well everything looking uh, pretty pretty good there for Joe Burrow as they, they stack up uh, those wide receivers around him obviously we're big Tyler Boyd fans and we, we really do like T Higgins as well so Jamar Chase coming in there again uh, the volume going around how does that sprinkle in and how does that affect him as a rookie but you know, three really, really talented uh, players at three different positions, and I think um, all really strong picks. If you're in those top four, I think you're in a, a really good position. Um, I I would I would rather be going Lawrence Pitts and Chase out of those. I, I've said my piece many times about the rookie tight ends, but I think Kyle Pitts is somebody who breaks the mold there, and um, he he is one that I think if you have the opportunity in tight end premium, it's going to be hard to pass. But I've even seen with some ADP. Uh, in basketball and in those um, kind of season-long leagues, I think we we may be hitting the, the ceiling of the value at this, at this point already.
1: Yeah, the, the, there's just an embarrassment of riches at the top of these drafts. I've seen Kyle Pitts go with the 101. I've seen Jamar Chase go as low as 106. The volume of quarterbacks in this draft and quarterbacks you can get excited about means that in super flex rookie drafts, you're going to have some crazy results where the value just gets to be extraordinary if the quarterbacks get in that range and push guys down. So you know if this is a draft you can trade into you definitely want to try that but anyone who has a first round pick especially in the first eight or nine picks is going to get someone that they could legitimately look back on and say okay this could be the 101 in this draft. So a lot of fun to go through these first rounds. You mentioned that Pitts is going to Push up Matt Ryan. You've been all over Ryan. That's worked out perfectly. They went with the tight end instead of taking one of the rookies, which would have been uh, the diametrically opposite (laughs) result there. So Ryan owners have to be very excited. I think Joe Burrow owners have to be just over the moon here. The the Bengals did a little bit of a different approach than the Kansas City Chiefs where the Chiefs sort of panicked after their Super Bowl. Instead of saying this is one game, Patrick Mahomes is a little bit limited in mobility. We need to get a third receiver so that if teams are able to somehow cover Hill and Kelsey, we have some other options. They went in the other direction and have really spent this entire offseason just adding one offensive lineman after another. So perhaps that will work. I love what the Bengals did here and and Burrow talking about it kind of leading into the draft that he could handle having a less than elite offensive line. He wanted these wide receiver weapons. I think now that if you've been drafting him and – We've talked recently, Monty and I were lucky enough to get Joe Burrow after a trade down at the end of the first round in a Rotoviz triflex dynasty startup. I think Burrow very clearly a middle of the first dynasty startup pick. I also would say with Chase now in Cincinnati, there are going to be a lot of people who are trying to sell T Higgins, there are going to be a lot of people trying to sell Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd, never someone who goes as early as he should. Anyway, Uh
0: we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: I have a lot of ownership in both guys, especially Higgins. You have a lot of real low ball offers coming in. I think you should be adding more of them. I think with this Bengals offense, we're going to see three 1,000-yard receivers. I think Chase is going to come in and have the same impact that CeeDee Lamb had in the Cowboys offense. Uh, hopefully Burrow does not miss most of the season like Dak Prescott did. And I think that the wide receiver explosion in this offense is going to allow all three guys to beat adp but certainly higgins and boyd to really destroy the draft slots that they're going in as opposed to selling make sure you get out there and get more if you can
0: sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history
2: So, Sean, as we move on, we obviously have gone through four picks so far and we have uh, kind of a <laughs> fall three rounds here to look through, but we're going to go through them, uh, pick out some of our favourite guys, some of the guys maybe that have uh, risen or fallen uh, the most in the draft, and then obviously, as with all the the pieces we go through, they are available up on the Road of his website. This one is one that uh, I think a lot of people will be diving in and reading over uh, the next week or next couple of weeks, so I would recommend to go and check those out. But we'll pick through some of them. Obviously, it is super flex format Sean I think it would be uh, remiss if we didn't mention how the quarterbacks have kind of uh landed after that particular point in the draft so we have Trey Lance who was the pick off the the 49ers and um, obviously Justin Fields was the player I was hoping to have there he ends up with the Chicago Bears who was uh the probably the one team I didn't want him to end up with uh, I would rather the Bears have, have no quarterback future but uh Sorry to the Bears fans out there, but it looks like that, that could be the way of the Packers at the moment. But when we look, um, then Zach Wilson in there. So we have Lance at the 105, Wilson at the 106, and then 107 is Justin Fields. And I think, you know, everyone's going to have which one they like the best um, out of them. Um, what What's your thoughts moving into Like, Wilson obviously going the, the earliest out of the, the three remainers, but um, I, I think they all have their, their upsides. Fields is still the one that I... Would prefer the most out of them in the long term.
1: That's interesting. I I think that he was the guy that fantasy owners wanted pre-draft. He was going a lot earlier in startups than Lance and Wilson. I don't think that going to Chicago crushes his value, but it is a little bit of an interesting situation there in that some teams like the Denver Broncos who had a shot at him passed the fact that he seemed to be so clearly behind the top three in terms of the way the NFL was looking at it. You know that is going to. Uh, factor into the equation a little bit in terms of how you see this and then i don't think that the chicago bears are really the perfect landing spot by any stretch so i do think that he now falls at least in some drafts to the back of this group trey lance you know is clearly the guy the san francisco 49ers have a fantastic offense for a rushing qb you know he's going to put up big numbers perhaps numbers like uh what rg3 put up as a rookie and maybe even better than that, right? So you're talking about just an incredible ceiling here, both in the short term, but definitely in the long term with this fantastic offense, fantastic coaching staff, one of the best teams in the NFL. And then you're talking about Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. He's got weapons all over the place. You know, he's someone now who could be picked as early as the 102 and has a higher ceiling than Trevor Lawrence, right? So if you only had the 101, couldn't trade down, You liked him as your guy. I think that would be a justifiable pick all the way at the top. Yeah, I mean, he's not nearly as safe as Lawrence, although some of the things the Jaguars are doing are already kind of painting themselves as a squirrely franchise. I think that you have to take that into consideration too. I mean, there's franchise risk along with talent risk for these players. Lance in a much safer, more established, uh, better coached situation uh, there. So uh, I think you have to love him. And then Zach Wilson the nfl really liking him as a quarterback he goes to the jets maybe not again a franchise that looks like a model franchise at this point but they could really be turning the page and then they select slot superstar elijah moore uh the beginning there of day two giving him suddenly a lot of weapons right the jets go from being a very weak at the wide receiver positions to it potentially being a not maybe short-term strength, but medium-term strength for him there. I think that you're going to have to wait a little bit more with him. I think that the ceiling may be a little bit lower, but someone now that you have to be trying to add in as many drafts as you can. All three of those quarterbacks, people who are going to factor into this range, which then leaves us with these incredible running back and wide receiver options even at the end of the first round. If you would have told me a week ago, even in this loaded quarterback draft that we'd be seeing Travis Etienne at the 108 and it it wouldn't be crazy at all that's kind of his spot I would have thought you know there's no way I mean this is the best running back prospect in this draft he's the one who has the best fantasy profile he's the guy who looks like Alvin Kamara he's someone who if everything fell perfectly maybe you could slot in between Christian McCaffrey and Kamara in terms of like what he could be at his ceiling But instead, the Jaguars decide that they're going to pick him, but not only pick him, they're going to describe him as like this third down niche back. Now, obviously, we know that they're screwing around because you don't draft a third down back in the first round when your franchise was so bad that it has the 101 in the reality draft and needs almost everything. And they obviously like him, but Colin, this isn't a great landing spot. And then we also look at Javante Williams. He goes to Denver. You've got Melvin Gordon there. Maybe that's not a problem because they're obviously fed up and done with Melvin Gordon. But they're also in a situation where they don't have a QB. And so when we're looking at fantasy running backs and we're looking at guys, (laughs) we really want to land. Because mostly we're fading running backs, right? We're trying to piece together that position. When we take a guy, we want him to be a 20-plus point-per-game Potential. That doesn't mean they're always going to hit that. Obviously, twenty points per game difficult even for the Stars. We want that to be the range that they could fit into, and part of that means an offense that delivers the running back to the goal line repeatedly. The Broncos are going to spend most of their time punting, even with this amazing supporting cast they have for their QBs. So, do you have a landing spot that you prefer of these two guys? Do you think there's any chance that Denver uh, pulls off the Peyton Manning heist again? and gets your guy there aaron Rodgers. i know that will be a nightmare for you how should we be looking at these two guys and are there any wide receivers that you would prefer instead of them
2: i think at this moment in time obviously i hope that Rodgers is with the packers come uh, the start of the season and at the moment that's still what i expect to happen so we have to go with what the quarterback situation is in denver obviously um look there's ways that that can be worked around we've seen you know non-elite quarterbacks in terms of real NFL support, um, you know, production and fantasy football. And we could see the similarities here. Melvin Gordon was somebody who had started to kind of almost fall into that value category, but that's been absolutely crushed here um, with this draft pick. Uh, I think, like you mentioned, the the players that are on the outside uh, on both of these teams in terms of the wide receiver positions, uh, even in Denver at the tight end position as well, can get them to the goal line. But I just don't know if the offences are going to be explosive enough the one thing that like I, I had a fear all along with the Jaguars would get a running back and that would crush into James Robinson's value and unfortunately that's going to be part of the situation you mentioned the kind of the speak that's been coming out about a bit of third down back roll for him I, I really don't think that's going to be the situation I do think they'll use both of them but you know the draft capital is going to speak for itself in terms of what they have uh, invested here in, in ETN so both of them, Sean, I think are are on the upside. I think I just do prefer Etienne's talent, so I think I would be going with him uh, if I if I'm making that pick. Um, in terms of the other options, I I do think Waddle is somebody who's very intriguing. Uh, this offense for the uh, Miami Dolphins is going to be very very uh, impressive in terms of uh, athletically and. What they're going to do, we, I have my concerns about Tua and what he can do stepping forward here. But they are giving him every opportunity to to make it at the next level in terms of the players they're putting around him with Will Fuller coming in, um, with Waddle being there, and you know lots of, lots of interesting playmakers. Kessickies there at tight end, so there's a lot of athleticism on this uh, offense. So he is somebody that could be could be very very interesting. But this again is an offense. I don't know if there's going to be enough to go around to make these, you know, have two or three of these guys, like you mentioned with the Bengals having 3,000 yard uh, wide receivers, I don't know if Tua will do that, but it's going to be interesting to see, but he is somebody who we talked about for quite some time before the draft, and he continued to climb up uh, kind of draft boards, he still went higher than I thought he was going to go in the draft by quite some distance. So I, I think though he is uh, he's an interesting candidate there. We look through the other players. Uh, then Sean going in that range with Devontae Smith, Trey Sermon, and Rondell Moore. Is there any of those specifically that uh, you know you, you feel like you would you would like to highlight?
1: Once we get into this range, it's a lot of fun because then you're talking about the positional needs that some drafters have. Mac Jones, I have at the 202. That may be wrong. That may be too low. He may be someone who consistently goes in the first round because quarterbacks, again, are just so valuable. We think, okay, well, maybe there won't be that need for the fifth quarterback because four owners have already been able to address the position. But with so many quarterbacks changing teams this year that leaves a lot of owners sort of in a scramble to cover the position so there may be a lot more owners this season who need the quarterback there we could see mac jones certainly go as early as the 108 i think and then he would push everyone down a little bit those of us who have a lot of ownership of him from early best ball drafts and early dynasty startup drafts it's disappointing that he doesn't land in the san francisco spot New England, you have a lot of pluses and minuses, right? Because you go to this franchise that clearly one of the best franchises in football, even post Tom Brady, you're going to get great coaching. But you're also going to get an offense that's not necessarily easy to run. You don't have the offensive weapons. There's this question now about the talent of the offensive coaching staff with Tom Brady gone. So some some pluses and minuses there. I still like the fact that he is with The Patriots, as opposed to maybe a less functional franchise in the Broncos or the Bears, although with the Broncos, he would have a ton of weapons. So, again, some interesting choices in terms of what teams decided to pass on the quarterback position. Uh, Denver, again, as as Kansas City Chiefs fans, we were just sort of laughing during the entire draft here uh, because as long as the Broncos go with their current approach at the QB position, The Chiefs have absolutely nothing to worry about uh, in the division there. Where the running backs go is going to be a little bit interesting. I think that Trey Sermon and Michael Carter, even though they don't go super early in the reality draft, they go into situations that are very positive. Sermon lands with the 49ers. He's got a bunch of red flags. I think that's the one landing spot where you become a lot less concerned about those flat red flags. There is competition, but with the health issues that the competition has had, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a very early opportunity. Michael Carter coming in. One of the things looking at him, you have a lot of these James White comparisons, and that's what the box score scout likes. That's what you see uh, stylistically in terms of some of the things. I think, though, that with him landing with the Jets, which definitely a position we would have preferred someone like Etienne or someone like Hubbard to get into, you now have this possibility for him to be a Giovanni Bernard type of player and Bernard three top 20 running back finishes to begin his career interesting there the wide receiver that we have to touch on quickly because he gets to go to Arizona he's now Kyler Murray he has DeAndre Hopkins on the other side he's not going to be the focal point the defense will be trying to take someone else away that's Rondell Moore you have the wide receiver with the third earliest breakout age of any wide receiver prospect this century. You have a guy with, you know, a sub four, a 40 plus inch vertical. You're talking about the Cardinals potentially adding Tyreek Hill to this offense with Murray and Hopkins. Uh, Blair and I both had him very, very early in our rankings uh, during the ranking summit. We both, wanted to be on record saying we wouldn't draft him as early as we have him ranked. But if you have a pick earlier and you can pass on those guys and move down, pick up extra value, you could do that. If you're sitting there with a 2022 first round pick, maybe it takes a 2022 round one and a round two, or you have a veteran you can part with. I think you have to get in there and select Rondell Moore.
2: We looked through some of the, the other guys then, Sean. I'm just going to go through some of them rapid fire. But, you know, we have Elijah Moore then. We have Kadarius Toney, uh, Rashawn Bittman, Terence Marshall, um, Dwayne Eskridge. There's a, there's a lot of guys going off here um, that are intriguing, but just depending on the you know, landing spots, um, things have things have been shooken up quite a bit. Um, in terms of the guys that have kind of risen, we have uh, Tony and Eskridge. Uh, I actually had a, a couple of a second round picks in that draft I was talking about earlier, and uh, uh, it, it's actually had a, a little bit of an adaptation this off season to go with uh, a th- a starting a third wide receiver, but like those triflex leagues, Sean. So uh, I, I was glad to see that happening over the off season with some of the the voting changes. But uh, I did I did pick up Tony, and that uh, it looks looks quite an intriguing prospect, and the the lantern spot could could lead to success.
1: It could. I mean, if you have him as the next Curtis Samuel as opposed to, say, the next Cordero Patterson, then there's potential there. There are some red flags. Anytime that we have these players who are clearly athletically gifted and they have created some production at the college level, but it was late, it was fleeting, you know, you can go either direction on that. Now, history tells us that mostly these guys bust, but it's hard to be completely out on someone who is that athletic and a player that the team loves enough to use that kind of pick on him, right? And so you look at the situation here, I think where he's going to be drafted because the top 16 or so picks are so strong that your risk is really minimized compared to where it was when you had to take Patterson, who's a top four or five pick overall. If you're talking about a top four or five pick, then the risk is immense, the upside all factored in, and really all you have left is downside. Where he's going to go this season, you have a much better risk-reward profile, so I don't have any problem uh, taking the plunge there. One of the things that we see with this stretch of wide receivers is just how wide receiver-heavy this draft is. There are a lot of good options. Uh, Even someone like Bateman, who goes to the Ravens, this is sort of a controversial landing spot because baltimore obviously you know, doesn't throw the ball you pull up the nfl pace tool you see that over the last two years the ravens are the only team to not pass the ball at least 50 percent uh they didn't even get close to that you know they're they're at 45 percent. the next most run heavy team is at 50 50 and then you quickly jump to 55 45 so it's not just that they don't pass is that there's this massive gap between them and the rest of the nfl And then you do have some other guys there, like a Mark Andrews, like a Marquise Brown, and then later they take a Tylen Wallace. I still like what they're doing here, right? I think that Bateman very quickly could be the best guy. He's going to have those elite efficiency numbers, like players who play with Russell Wilson. Even though Lamar Jackson doesn't pass the same way, he has a lot of these uh, passes that look almost like intentional grounding. The overall effect still of the offense is very explosive right they're going to get down the field they're going to make some of those connections they're going to score touchdowns they're going to score fast and so i like bateman there again at the price the risks now have been mostly factored in simply because of the depth of the class the other thing that we see and i think it will be interesting because it hasn't exactly played out the way i was expecting in the first couple of drafts i've seen is you know where do sermon and carter go when you consider that they're just really nothing else at all at running back so do you take them a little bit early Do you take them in the midst of these receivers? Do they fall to the back end of this? I was expecting a little bit more of the Keyshawn Vaughn sort of element where the guys land in pretty good spots and go roaring up the board. Now, perhaps the fact that this blew up so spectacular in people's faces last year with Vaughn is going to change the dynamic a little bit more this season. But obviously, if you need a wide receiver, the options are there. If you need a running back, you know, maybe you've got to try and go find a veteran. Then we get down into this range, the 209, the 210, the 211, where we have some more uh, swing-for-the-fences types of wide receiver prospects. And that's one of the reasons why I think Pat Faramuth is the guy to prioritize here, maybe even a little bit early. He's someone I have on almost every team in terms of startups and in terms of best ball in the FFPC 28-round best ball format. We are going to be taking a lot of picks between round 20 and 28 that have some projection to them. We obviously don't know how those guys are going to play, or they would have been picked before round 20. Have a lot of ownership of him there. I always try to make sure I'm not overrating or overvaluing the guys where my ownership levels are very, very high. But I think that once you have exhausted the lock wide receivers, you've got to make sure that you attack the tight end position.
2: Yeah, and obviously there's there's a number more players uh, on the list that people can go through. And I, I would recommend uh, going over to the website and going through it. We're not going to run through them all on today's show and um, but I, I hope uh, what we went through today was uh, informative and um, for you all listening in but I highly recommend heading over and checking out the full piece especially if you're in a draft it's a, a nice little uh, guide to, to help you make some of those choices and help maybe guide you uh, towards some of the the better selections in the rookie drafts um, at the moment if you're not involved in dynasty leagues I think it's still a, a worthwhile thing going and, and reading through it because these guys are all going to be involved in those best ball leagues are all going involved in those redraft leagues and to see where you can get an edge at this time of the season ahead of your other league mates as we get ready to finish up sean did mention at the start of the show we are running the contest for episode 200 which will be this thursday's podcast so with that we're looking for those five star reviews on your favorite podcast app that will get you entered into the contest and give you a chance to win some of those road of subscriptions you're giving away some of those rookie draft guides as well and obviously sean mentioned as well an appearance on an upcoming show so don't miss out on those opportunities drop us that five star review today on your favorite podcast app I want to go through one that came in from an international listener i've been checking through i've been paying a lot of attention to the the ratings and reviews that have been coming in over the last uh, couple of weeks we have one come in on apple podcast up in canada coming in from lawrence bailey um always a favorite weekly listen column and sean bring thoughtful contextualized and intelligent perspective to their fantasy football analysis i've learned so much from them and have really refined my thinking and approach to my own leagues you think my recent increased success in those leagues is partly thanks to them it to your must listen weekly list uh, unless you're in my league is in brackets in that case keep scrolling so i always like when there's a bit of comedy in there but i did mention a couple of weeks ago sean people adding reviews that could end up getting me tongue tied as we went through it there was a couple of times there that i, I thought i was going to stumble over it um, but uh, thanks a lot lawrence for dropping that review um, and of course you can keep uh, all the success uh, is, is down to you. We give Sean. We can only give our thoughts, but it's down to the person then to set that weekly lineup, and uh, that's why the success is always for the the owner. I think.
1: Yeah, I think the owner deserves the the credit for any successes that they are having. But we do like to get these reviews where people talk about how uh, it's changed their approach to leagues, changed the way that they think about it. One of the things that we do like to do and make a point in the podcast is to help people uh learn about playing fantasy football and think about it from a strategic perspective from a structural perspective and not just about the players now that's not to say that we don't have a lot of player discussion if this is one of your first shows you know that uh we just obviously spent the the entire show there talking about the players we're going to do that more on thursday as well where we go over the post draft uh Rookie running back prospect lab rankings, but then we're also going to go through how to beat your rookie draft from a structural perspective. So you're going to get both of those things. You're going to get our player picks. You're going to get the strategy to win your rookie draft at this time of the year. That's obviously the main thing that most of us have in mind. But both of those elements a lot of fun. We appreciate it when the listeners are also uh, liking that element. Of it, But again, the the thing that's been the most fun for me here is the interaction with the listeners, the chance uh, to talk with so many people about the show, what they like, what they'd like to see in it. Uh, Their favorite books, I've gotten a lot of great recommendations there, have a lot of reading. I'm at about, you know, two to three novels a week. So if you can get more of those into me, I will have uh, books to keep going once I'm done with the current one obviously lots of tv shows that element of the of the pod has been fun this year with having blitzed through so many with the pandemic we all need uh some stealth options so if you have a secret television show that you love that most people don't know about i definitely send that to us but again it's been a blast we have show 200 this thursday uh get those last readings and reviews in to be part of the contest More than that, we just really enjoyed these 200 episodes with you.
2: And on that show on Thursday, we will have uh, one of our favourite clips from the entire uh, 200 episodes. So uh, if any of the listeners think they can guess what that clip might be, uh, send send your thoughts my way on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. But as we do on every show, I just want to let you know as well, you can get that 10% discount off a of Rotoviz NFL Pass uh, just by adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. It gets you access to all of the content and tools uh, and helps support the podcast as well. You can also go to find out more information at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. But that is going to do it for another edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in to roto Overtime and roto Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And the piece we talked about on today's show is from Sean Siegel. You can check that out up on rotaviz.com. So uh, head on over, check that out now and uh, read through the entire piece. But until we're back on Thursday with episode 200, have a good one.